Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we will simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. We love discussing all things leadership, and our goal is to simplify the complexities of the leadership journey so that you can be the leader that you have set out to be. And today is no exception. My name is Amber Jordan, and I'm here with Dr. Michael David Morales, but his friends call him Mo. Hey, how you doing, Amber? Uh, today's uh, actually going to be especially fun for me because uh, for all of our listeners out there, Amber has agreed to let me pick her brain a little bit uh, on a couple of issues. Yeah, I am excited about that. I, I'm a little bit nervous as well, but we are going to talk about our strengths today are my strengths because you have referenced the StrengthsFinders 2.0 assessment a few times in previous episodes and you've encouraged our listeners to take the assessment. But there's that moment after someone has taken the assessment and, and they've read what their strengths are and how they are defined that they sit back and ask themselves, now what? or at least I know that was true for me. So I thought it would be helpful to allow our listeners to listen in on one of our living in your strengths, which you always say, one of our living in your strengths conversations. But for those that maybe missed the other episodes or aren't familiar with the Strength Finders assessment, why don't you give them a quick overview and explain why it is so important to know your strengths? Well, the Strengths Finder assessment has been around for quite some time now. And in fact, I've taken the assessment myself three times. And to break it down to its base level, there's uh, 34 strengths that uh, have been identified by Gallup and they categorize them in what they call themes. And when you take the assessment and you can get it, if you purchase the book, there's a code on the back and it gives you um, an assessment for your top five um, or like I said in previous podcasts, you can actually go onto the website and uh, pay to have all 34 of the strengths uh, put in order for you. Um, it will identify your strengths, which is really, really cool. But like I mentioned in the last podcast, you really need to know these strengths because if you don't know your strengths, then really as a leader, you don't even know where you're leading from. So it's really cool that we're here today to go a little bit more in depth into what that means. Okay. So help me understand that again. Why, why is it so important for me to really know my strengths? If they're my strengths, then they probably come naturally. So why do I really need to know about them? Well, it's important to know a, a couple of questions. I mean, the, the first one is, is, why do I need to know my strengths, right? There is some natural ability, but then there's strengths because we work them out a little bit. And then also we need to know the strengths of others. So let me just break down both of those questions. The first one there obviously is, it is important for you to know your strengths because leading from your strengths makes you and makes me more effective in all areas of our lives, whether it's personal or professional. But the second question is probably more important because it has to do with other people. The reason that it's important for us to know our strengths and to know the strengths of others is that as leaders, we need to know how to best serve others in their strengths, not ours. 
Well, Mo, you've mentioned several times in our conversations over the years about the importance of both living in my strengths and also leading with my strengths. And that really that both are important. Can you clarify that? Sure. There, there definitely is a difference between living in your strengths and then leading with your strengths. And both are really important. So let's take the first one. Living in your strengths means that you're personally living out your strengths and doing the things that you are best suited to do. I mean, this is the stuff that you, I mean, you've probably been good at this stuff your whole life. And I have conversations with people all of the time about working on their weaknesses um, or what Kevin likes to call our growing edges, which I, I totally uh, hate that term because uh, to me, it really just means, Mo, these are the things that you're really not good at in life. And, you know, I, I've always kept the belief when I have these conversations with people and they say, Mo, shouldn't I, shouldn't I be working on my weaknesses? I try to direct them and point them to live and work in their strength zone. That, that's not to say that you shouldn't work on your weaknesses or the things that you're not good at or, or could be better at, but you really need to live in that strength zone. And the reason for this is it's going to keep you thriving and happy and excited, and it's going to weed out a lot of the frustration. And for those of us that lead others, and that's really what our podcast is all about, right? Leadership. You know, we have enough frustrations on a day-to-day -day basis that we have to worry about. So we really don't even want to be thinking about, man, this is what I don't do well. You already know you don't do it well. So mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to give you permission that it's perfectly okay not to pay as much attention to the stuff that you're really not good at, you know, which is why the Strengths Finder report is so important. If you have a list of 34 strengths and you have a top five, then you probably also have a bottom five. And to be completely honest, Amber, and you know this in my personality, when I got my report, I, I, I quickly glossed over the top five. And of course, I went to the bottom five because I wanted to know, what am I not good at? What do I need to get better at? And Amber, I had to continually come back and say, man, I, I need to work on my top five and I need to know my bottom five, which I still know, and, and they're in my head right now. And I, I can't, I can't get away from them, Amber. But you know what? Um, and I know what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking, man, Mo, why can't I just have that report? And why don't you show me your bottom five? And uh, the answer to that, Amber, before you even ask it, is you're not going to get that report with those bottom five. That that's my kryptonite. I'm not just going to give that one up to you. Yeah, you know me too well, because I really want you to have to say those out loud. But I guess we'll have to say that for another podcast. As long as we uh, can, can call them Mo's um, uh, top five, and then the bottom of uh, bottom five, we uh, we can call them Mo's growing edges. That that would be a little bit helpful because I'm not going to be that that vulnerable. But may, maybe maybe in the future. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I spoke too quickly because if I'm going to make you expose yours, then you're going to make me expose mine. And I think we'll just stick to our top strengths instead of our growing edges. So that's what it means to live within your strengths. So what does it mean then to lead with your strengths? So we've got the living in the strengths, but what then does it mean to lead with your strengths? Well, leading with your strengths is where leaders make their money. And by money, I mean impact. 
we're talking about relational capital here, and we probably need to have a different podcast for that. But, you know, we'll put that one in the bank, so to speak. But for today, you know, leading with your strengths is about identifying with other people and utilizing your strengths and helping others to live in theirs. So it's possible to lead this way, but it's impossible to lead any other way. Because when we try to be somebody else, it never goes well. That's why I've always said that I have mentors and coaches in life. These people, these men and women, whether I actually see them or they're coaching and mentoring me through books and podcasts and other stuff like that, um, I'm always trying to find a better way to be the best me. And I'm never trying to be somebody else because I have strengths of my own. You have strengths of your own. And if there's about 34, and again, you know, that, that's how Clifton uh, Strengths Finder does it. But let's just say there's 34. The chances that we all have the same strengths is very, very minimal. So why would I want to be somebody else? I've got my own talents. You've got your own talents. You're good at stuff. I'm good at stuff. Some of it might be the same. Some of it might not be. I mean, so think of it this way, you know, that's why you and I, Amber, have been talking for several years now about one of the first main lessons in the very beginning of the journey, you know, years ago when we were were, were having that cup of coffee, you know, it, it, it was important for you to know that you need to learn how to lead with your strengths, not somebody else's. I remember that well, because you always challenged me to get better at what I was already good at. And when we went over my strengths and talked about them in detail, it it really was eye-opening because like we had mentioned, it may have been some natural ability, but when we really started to discuss them and how I could grow in them and utilize them, it, it was really eye-opening and, and transformative. So I know you told me to choose one of my strengths to talk about on this podcast. And this was really difficult because I feel like I'm always working at all of them all of the time. But if we have to choose one to talk about today, why don't we just take the, the top strength? Which, by the way, why are we talking about my strengths and not yours? <laughs> well, I think there's an easy answer to that one, which is because every time I talk to Kevin, which I just had a conversation with him, um, it's always a vulnerable one. And we're always talking about um, my strengths and my my growing edges. And if uh, Kevin is going to inflict pain on me, um, then I, I've got to inflict pain on somebody. And I mean, you're right here. So why not? Right. Okay, I'm in the right place at the right time, I guess. So as you well know, my number one strength is strategic. So what does that look like to lead in and with my strategic strength? Yeah, in the book, I love the way, Amber, it's laid out so simple. Um, and each of the strengths, after you kind of learn the first part of it, it's got them alphabetical, right? So you you click down to S um, if you're uh, on your Kindle, uh, or if you are in your book, just flip to you know towards the back, and you're going to find strategic under the S, right? And the strategic strength or strategic theme is uh, what um, Gallup calls it. Um, it allows people with with that strength, with that theme, to kind of just cut through all the clutter and find the best route when when something needs to get done, when you got to get somewhere. It's really, I tell people this all the time, you really can't teach this strength, which is 
pretty, pretty incredible because people with this strength are kind of, it's kind of innate. And Amber, we've learned over the years, it's innate in you. And it's a really specific way of thinking. It's a specific uh, perspective on what's right in front of you, but even more so um, the world and, and everything that, that's out there in front of you. And it allows people like you to see patterns where most of us, we wouldn't see those patterns. So with that little blurb and excerpt, um, does that fit who you are? And if so, tell me a little bit about that. It really does. And I wouldn't have been able to communicate it that way, which is why the book is so helpful to give you language. But I could look at a scenario or, or hear a scenario or even walk into a situation, whether it was at, you know, in a company or volunteer work that I did. And I would look at the way things are happening and automatically have ideas on how it should be happening or what we could do to fix this problem or make this process more efficient or, um, you know, hey, we need somebody to be working on this part. And it just, it just happened. And I never went into the situation thinking, hmm, I'm going to sit down and be really strategic about this. It's just, I saw it and thought, wow, he, here's the 14 steps we need to take to work on this. And I knew that you were a strategic person really even before you took the assessment. I'll tell you why, because you ask a lot of what if questions. And that's what people with the strategic theme, the strategic strength do. They, they don't just have one uh, scenario. They have a million scenarios for everything that, that could possibly go right or wrong. What if this happened? All right, well, what if this happened? And for a lot of people, that can be frustrating. But for the strategic person, it really just helps them thrive. And so people with the strategic strength, like Amber's, they can see the potential uh, barriers, the obstacles. They, they can kind of see over the hedge and, and see what might happen. Uh, where most of us are just thinking, hey, let's just let's just go forth. And strategic people think, hey, hold on, you know, we've got a path, but we need to go the right way. And there's door number one, door number two, and door number three. And Amber, isn't there always uh, d different reasons why you would or wouldn't go in each of those doors? Absolutely. Well, if you are a person with this strength, with the strategic strength, uh, we have a couple of ideas um, for action, as they call it in, in Strengths Finder. Uh, and Amber, we've gone over all these, but I just wanted to kind of put one out there and kind of get your feedback on it. <clears throat> and so this is just really exciting for me when I go over this with people. People with, with the strategic uh, theme, they they just want to be a resource, don't they? They, they? they want to be consulted in the process. And for our listeners out there, that's why me and Amber got along so well, because I knew that when I would talk to her about things and I would say, well, Amber, what do you think? And as soon as I invited her into the process, she was able to, to help me, you know, uh, uh, kind of flesh out some of the things that I was thinking. And I would say, well, you know, give me some scenarios. And as soon as I would say, give me some scenarios, Amber would just, she would, her eyes would get brighter and she would say, oh man, this is what I think we need to do with the organization. And as soon as we realized that getting her involved in different processes within her own organization and how to do that, Amber, 
you know, talk to me a little bit about how that just changed your perspective on being able to be uh, one of those people where the rest of your team, as soon as they saw uh, you were somebody that had good ideas and had things to be consulted about. Well, you know, you are always saying good leaders ask good questions. And I always felt like someone that was nitpicking at things, or I always had, you know, like you said, the what if scenarios, almost like I was always the one that was going to bring the bad news into a situation or always trying to find the problem. And that was never my intention. It just came so naturally of if we want to take on this project, there are all of these things that we have not thought about and we need to do that. And so when, but I, but I will say this, and this may be part of my weaknesses, but I held back sometimes because I didn't want to frustrate people and I wasn't confident that I had all the answers, but that's where I learned to ask the questions because it wasn't so much that I needed to provide the answers. It's that if I can ask the question and we as a team can become aware that, hey, this is something we need to think about, then somebody else might have the answer, but nobody thought to ask the question. And so it, it being one of my strengths became helpful once I, once I realized that and said, hey, I don't need to be the one in charge of this. I don't need to be the one to come up with the idea, but I am here if you want someone to help you work it out and think about the potential obstacles. And when I made myself available without the fear of not having the answers, then I was able to just be a resource to people to help them get over the hump and then think through those things. And then they could find the answers and be more successful. And I really wanted all of our listeners to hear this, this part right here. What Amber just said, it really changed the way that people related with her. And I said, Amber, you know, you're frustrated, but if people don't know what you need, then it's not their problem. It's your problem. But once you let somebody know, Hey, I'd really like to be a part of this process. Then they say, Oh, well, great. I, I'd love to bring you in. And so I think that really changed your perspective and being able to go to your superiors, the, the, the people that, that, um, that were kind of making decisions uh, at, at a higher level than you. And when you allowed them to see that you were available for that, then you became a resource. And I think that it, it really changed your effectiveness in all the organizations that you're part of, which is actually... Um, leads me to the segue to the next part, which is this. You need to know how, how to live with, within that strength. But for those of us that are out here wanting to be leaders, there's a second and more important part. And this is where Gallup has really helped me. And that's how do we help others that are that, that are in our organizations that, that are, are looking to us? How do we help them live within their strengths? So my job is to help my people live within their strengths and do their best. And so I need to know what they're good at and what they're bad at. And so within my organization, I know everybody's strengths. And so um, I, I, I'm not uh, I'm not in charge of Amber. I don't think anybody really is. She's kind of, uh, she's always the boss, if, if you don't know. Um, but but if I were um, if I were a superior to Amber, what I would say is, oh, wow, she's a strategic person. How can I help her live within that strength? 
And let me just give you a little bit of uh, of, of an action point of what I would do with a strategic person because I've got strategic people in my organization. And this is what I do. I involve them in the process. I involve them in the planning sessions. I ask the questions that I don't know the answers to. I ask the question, well, hey, Amber, what if this happens? What are we going to do? And you know what? I always know that somebody like Amber is going to have something to say. It might not always be the best, right, Amber? I mean, some sometimes it, it doesn't work out. But you know Wait, what? what? <laughs> but you thought about it. And I think that's great. And here's another thing that I do with strategic people. I always give them enough time. I give them enough time to work things out because I want their input. So when I when I go to my strategic people, usually when they've when they've heard an idea in a meeting from me, it's not the first time they've heard it. I have gone to those people, those men and women, maybe by the water cooler and just said, hey, I'm thinking about this idea. Can you mull it around in your head? And right away, strategic people like Amber, the wheels start turning, the cogs start turning. And by the time we get to that meeting two, three days later, they've got something to say because they've had some time to think about it. So for those of our listeners out there today, that's just a little bit of a glimpse into only one of Amber's top five strengths. So you can imagine we've gone over these strengths for the past uh, few years now. And, and Amber, don't you feel like we've kind of uh, barely even um, scratched the surface on some of these? Not only just scratched the surface on understanding mine, but really understanding how then to use mine to help others live in their strengths. And that that it's just a continual process because I can be fully aware of mine. But like you said, every person has their own set of strengths. So every person I interact with or work with or lead, I take the time and I encourage them to take the assessment so that I can figure out what are their strengths. And then they might not fully understand them, but I can take what I have learned what we have talked through together and figure out, okay, if this person is a communications person or an input person or any of those, what is it that they need from me? And how do I live within my strengths to the point that I'm helping them live in theirs? Well, I would say this. I mean, if we kind of want to to land the plan on this one, Amber, is that people need to learn to live in their strengths and they need to, to, to learn to to lead with their strengths. And so if some of you people are, are out there, you know, thinking, man, I'd really like to get better at this. Um, a lot of you are probably pretty aware of, of your strengths and your weaknesses. Um, and you might be able to take this assessment and get the results and kind of get through them yourselves. Um, and that's great. But for most of us, we really need to see the full picture. And for me, I really got that from Kevin Cobb. And, you know, that's really that was the inspiration for Rising Tide Consulting is to provide other people what Kevin provided for me for so many years to grow in my strengths, touch on my growing edges, but ultimately to enhance my ability to succeed at life and business. And so, I mean, that's just an exciting place to be and knowing that helping other people is always on the forefront of our minds. Yeah. So, my suggestion would be to for our listeners to take the assessment. And if they've already taken the assessment, but they're asking the question that I was asking, now what? 
then we're actually, we have a special offer going this month and now and through the end of February that we're offering free strengths review with our coaching team. And so I would encourage our listeners to go to our website, risingtideleadership.com and scroll down to the contact us section and just mention, you don't, you don't need a special code or anything, but just mention the free strengths coaching and, and review and a member from our team will contact them. And, and this will be a really helpful thing to kind of just be a, a jumping off point of, Hey, I know what they are, but I don't really know how to use them. And so this will really help you begin to understand that. So I encourage you listeners to take advantage of that. Mo, before we close, any final thoughts? We all have strengths. And for those of you who might be listening, thinking, gosh, I'd really like to be a leader, but I just don't know where to start. Take the strengths finder assessment, learn your top five and start living within those strengths. And pretty soon you'll be leading with those strengths. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We hope that you will join us again next week as we are always continuing the leadership journey. So don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. And hey, go to our website, sign up for that free coaching review and join us again next week.